Welcome to Ambitious Motherhood, the podcast for the mom who is chasing after her dreams in motherhood and business. This is your permission slip to pursue all that you were created to be and live out your calling both in and out of your home. Here's your host, Katie Fleming. On today's podcast, we have Sarah Wiles. She is an online business mentor for done-for-you service providers starting and scaling their businesses. She is also the co-founder of The Happy Thought Show. Sarah spent eight years traveling the U.S. producing high-end corporate and celebrity events before becoming an entrepreneur. After just four weeks of starting her business, she filled her client roster, replaced her nine-to-five income, and brought on a team. Sarah is also a mother, champagne enthusiast, and four-letter word addict. I am so excited to dive into this conversation today with Sarah. We're going to talk about really creating the sustainable marketing plan you need to fill your client roster as well. So let's get to that interview. Hey, Sarah, how are you? Hey, girl. Thanks for having me. I'm great. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to finally dive into more of your story. I mean, you and I've been talking a lot on the back end and getting to know each other in our businesses, but I'm excited to really dive into what you do um, and then how that can benefit the ambitious mamas listening to this show. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Well, take me into a little bit more about your story. How did you start? Oh my goodness. Okay. So I spent eight years as a corporate event planner traveling the U.S., producing high-end corporate and a couple of celebrity events. And I did that for eight years and it was great and it was fun. And I had got so much experience. Um, The company I worked for was really small. So I was able to get a lot of responsibility very quickly at a young age. And then I had a baby (laughs) and that changes everything. And it turns out with, you know, an infant, a nursing infant, I really didn't want to be traveling for 10 days at a time. And the company I worked for didn't, um, didn't like that. So Mm. I left that space and, um, I joined the startup space for a year after that. Um, and I'm so glad that I, that I had both of those experiences because in the event play, in the event space, you know, anything less than perfect is uh, not at all acceptable, right? Like nothing but perfection is is allowed. And if the wrong hors d'oeuvre comes out of the kitchen, it's actually the end of the world, right? Right. And in the startup space, good is good enough. There is no perfection. You just have to keep going. Um, and so I worked for that startup space for, for a year. And then um, I, kind of like a similar situation, I, I felt like Um, It was such a fast-paced environment, and I loved the people, and they were super young, but um, I felt like I was being both a poor mom and a poor employee at the same time, and felt like, what's the point of that? Life is short, and I want to enjoy this, and so I hopped online in March of 2017 um, and started a virtual assisting business. I had a best friend who was already in the online space, and I called her up one day, and I said, hey, do you think I can make this work? And she was like, you got it. Just take the leap, jump on and we'll be fine. And, and here I am. So have you always been the kind of person to just jump and do it? (sighs) Yes. Yes. But not that big. I mean, that was a very large jump. And what I did was I started slow. So I started my VA business and I kept my, um, my startup, my startup job. Yeah. Uh, and then I, gosh, I, I want to say it was like two weeks in, it was like, yeah, I very quickly, uh, scaled in that business. And you know, you hit that, that, um, breaking point where it's like, well, we can't do both of these things at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I remember just saying, okay, well, I'm going to give my two week notice and we'll go from there. And, and that's what happened. But yeah, I, I've always jumped into things, but never, you know, never like this, never just starting a business. And in fact, I always said I didn't, I never wanted to start a business on my own. So it's funny that yeah. this is where I am two years my later. Goodness. <laughs> 
I love it. So the startup philosophy of good is good enough versus the event planning perfection thing, which one have you kind of adopted? Which one is your natural way of operating? Mm. So I don't think that perfection is my natural way of operating, but I think after eight years of being in that space, it became habit. Mm-hmm. So while it's not like my truth of operation, um, it, it did become habit. So it's taken a long time to kind of, you know, push that out of me. Um, good is good enough is most definitely how I operate my business. It's how I tell all of my clients to operate their businesses. I think that especially as women and mothers, that's the best that we can do. And that's yeah. okay. If we're always trying to be perfect, we're never going to get anything done and we're going to drive ourselves insane. <laughs> so when you're gravitating towards that perfectionism, how do you get yourself out of it? Mm. So I have trained myself to notice when, when I'm, I'm, when that's coming up, right. When it's like, you know, oh my gosh, I can't put out this blog post because the graphics aren't pretty enough. And, you know, I haven't, I haven't done as much as I really wanted to. Um, and, and my question is why, right? Like, why do I feel like this? Why is this a thing? And it's usually because, well, what if somebody else sees this and thinks that it's not good enough? And what mm-hmm. if, you know, it's usually based on um, my concern for someone see, seeing me in a light that is less than perfect. And I just combat mm-hmm. that with, I, I, don't, I actually don't have the ability to be perfect anymore. I have a child and a husband and two dogs and a self to take care of. And yeah. um, I, I, my mental health matters more than you know, the graphics on a blog post. Oh yes. And I love that you said why, because I mean, just getting in the habit of questioning ourselves and really Mm. asking ourselves questions. I think a lot of us just go through, if we're not used to that dialogue with ourselves, we just go through our day to day without actually asking the hard questions for us. I mean, that's, that's big. So, So you've recently transitioned. Why don't you fill us in on that? Oh my goodness. So I started out in the online space as a virtual assistant, very quickly realized that I had the skills to do online business managing. So I started offering both services. And Um, how is that different? Let me interrupt you. How is that different? I love this question. People ask me this all the time. So I really see virtual assistants as task-based, right? And so, so if you are a business owner and you're giving um, tasks to a virtual assistant, you know, these are, these are easy things that somebody could check off a list, right? Or check off an Asana to-do list mm-hmm. like you and I love so much. Yes. Um, but they're very task-based, right? And I see um, online business managers being much more strategy and operational based, right? So whereas a VA, you would need to tell them the 10 steps that they're going to need to take to produce XYZ. An online business manager, you could say, I need this opt-in to be, you know, produced and they would take care of the rest for you. Does that make sense? hundred percent. Especially as the person like creating, for me, the business owner creating the task for an assistant, like the OBM, the online business manager, I would say, here's the goal. And then they would figure out the how, right? Yes. That's, that, that is, that is they're setting up the Asana you. list, which yeah. gets on my freaking nerves. I love Asana, but I hate going in there and doing all that stuff. Same, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I started offering um, OBM services because I come from an operational and strategy background in event planning. Mm-hmm. So I started doing that. I scaled my team to eight. I had um, eight women working for me that were all moms because I wanted to um, support mothers. I think that, um, you know, a lot of times moms think that they have to make a decision between being with their children or working. And the truth is that with the online space, we can actually do both. Mm -hmm. Um, So I hired all moms. And then what I realized was I had learned a lot and I knew a lot and people kept coming to me for advice. How do I do what you're doing? How do I start your business? And then I was like, wait a minute, there's a thing here. So honestly, just kind of similar to how I jumped into the VA space. One day I went, okay, cool. Ready for the next thing. Um, And I slowly let go of over half of my VA and OBM clients and started taking on mentoring clients. 
And what was the thought process when you were doing that? Like, <sighs> was there fear? Was there anxiety around it or? You know, a little bit, but at this point I've trained myself so much to, to, to put myself in uncomfortable situations that the fear is not there as much anymore. Does that make sense? It's yeah. like, I've, I've done it so much that I'm like, okay, this is a little scary, but it's all going to be fine because it's always fine. It always works out. So I'm just going to do it. So yeah, there was a little bit of fear, but mostly just a lot of belief that I have so much value to offer to people and women and especially mothers can do this at home and be with their children. And I would be doing a disservice. I feel like to the world, if I didn't help people to do this, you know? Yeah. How has that changed your day to day since you've gone from client work to more coaching? You know, it's funny. I thought, um, the client work is hard because, um, I'm never in charge, right? So something can can come up. Somebody has a website issue. Um, you know, somebody decides they want to push something out the north out the door the next day. And so, being in a VA or an OBM, you know, a done for you service provider role is very. You have to be very reactive. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in my business now, I can be much more proactive. You know, and I'm kind of in, I'm in charge of my day more. So, like for example, I block off Fridays for myself, and I don't take client calls on those days. Um, I really thought it would feel more space and stretchy and it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, it feels great and I love it, but I, I think it's just like, um, you know, people say all the time, you, you, you fill the house that you have with things, right? So yeah. however much space you have in your house, you'll fill with things. And I think it's the same thing with time, you know, like, oh yeah, I have more time now because my child is in school more now, finally, but I, I find myself with now 30 hours a week of childcare going, where did all the time go? I have no more time, you know? Yeah. Do you feel the yeah. same way? When, yeah. When I plan tasks, um, you and I, you knew when I was getting that webinar out the door that it was like, okay, I could push this back a week or I could just stick, stick with the original deadline and it's still going to happen. And everything yep. did happen. You know, we were more productive because we had that smaller deadline to get it done in. Yes. I 100% think the task fits to match the time we've got. Oh my gosh. I love how you said that. The task fits to match the time we've got. Yes. 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 Quotable. <laughs> yes. And when you said stretchy, I was immediately thinking, have you seen, I think it's Nacho Libre with. Oh, is it Jack, Jack Black? Jack Black. And he's yeah. like doing his little stretchy band. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I was thinking. So. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yes. That's yeah. me. <laughs> so you made this transition. You had tons of clients flooding in, which I love that now you give those back to your coaching clients, which I love. Yeah. But like now, how did you go from generating those massive amounts of leads to now having to generate it for a different business model? So I think here's the thing that so many people don't, don't like to talk about in the online space. And yes, sometimes people have very quick um, results in their business. Like for me, when I was a VA, it was very easy for me to get started and to fill my roster and then, you know, end up bringing on a team of eight. Um, It's been a slower process in the mentoring space because it's, it's different, right? It's, Mm -hmm. it's, I actually think it's a lot easier for people to, hire a VA than it is for hire to, for people to hire a coach, right? The mm-hmm. price point is, is lower. Um, uh, anyway, so it, it's, it's been a slower process for me for sure. And, and that's kind of why I did it over time. So I let go of half of my clients at first, a little bit over half so that I could slowly start to ramp up, you know, my marketing and what you know, and I know, but a lot of people who are just starting in the online space don't know is, you know, it takes about three months, 60 days from when you plant the seeds, when you plant your first marketing seeds to when you actually reap the benefits of what you're doing. Yeah. And I think keeping that in mind is so important because what happens so often in, in this space is people show up for two weeks and they get visual, uh, visible and, and, and then, you know, 
they hear crickets and they run away because they're like, it's not working. It's not working, but it is working. It's just going to take time. Mm. And we know that that's about three months to 60 days, or I'm sorry, three months to 90 days until you really start to see all of that traction that you've been planting, you know? Yeah. I yeah. answer the question. I'm horrible at like hearing a question and then deciding to answer it in a totally different way. Did I answer that? It was so good. Yes. And okay. I wrote down, you have to, when you hire a coach, you almost have to slow down and there's more, there's more responsibility on the client. So that you've got to slow down to speed up. And it, it's oftentimes more glamorous to be like, Oh, I just hired my first VA. And that seems like better money spent. Whereas you may not even know the strategy behind what you're handing over to that VA. Yeah. So the business coach or even the coach in your position, like you are here to help people slow down to speed up. So funny. You said that I had a client yesterday. She had her first call with me. She's just come on board and I was like, okay, here's what we're doing. You know, there are steps that I take, um, purposefully with people who are brand new to the online space. So she messaged me yesterday and she was like, cool. So when do I start posting? (laughs) And I was like, hold on. (laughs) Yeah. What you, we don't even know what you're going to charge or what your offerings are or like, what's your, what's the name of your business, right? Like how are people going to book an appointment with you? So like, hold on a second there. And I think that that's such a great point that you just made. You kind of have to slow down. Oh, I know. It's like a little bit. The first phase of the 1K method is like all that. And I tell people, I'm like, you're going to want to skip this because you think it's irrelevant. But um, trust me, you're going to come back and realize, okay, she was right. (laughs) It's foundation building, right? And it's like, and you and I do the same thing, right? And so it's like, people will come to me with ideas, right? They're like, I want to build this business. And then I want to launch a course. And then I want to do mentoring. And then I want to do all these things. And the thing that I always tell people is like, do one thing (laughs) really well. Build the foundation for that one thing. Fill that one thing, have the cash flow coming into that one thing, and then we can talk about incorporating something else. But so yeah. often we try to do three things and then we get no results because what we know is um, split focus yields split results, right? And practicing what we preach is equally as hard. Girl, right? yes. With all these ideas yeah. you and I both have, we're like, hold on, Sarah, that's a great idea. I'll write it down, but I'm not doing that right now. <laughs> Keep it for a few months from now. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yep. Yes. I love it. So this marketing plan, I love what you said, because you're one of the most consistent people I see online marketing themselves. And I would just love to hear some of your practical tactics and strategies on how you're doing that. Yeah. So the first thing is start slow. I think what happens is right? Like what you just said, somebody might go and they might look at my Instagram and they might go, wow, she's doing all of these things and she's doing stories and she's doing right. But I didn't start out like that. I started out going, okay, what do I actually have the time in this space for, um, to be consistent, right? Because yes, showing up is important, but consistency is the key. So if you show up this week, but skip next week and show up this month and skip next month, then it's really all for nothing. Right. Right. So for me, and, and this is what I tell a lot of my clients too, is, um, like, pick whatever is doable and accessible for you. So that might be just posting on one platform two days a week. That is consistency, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to start training your audience that that's how you show up. And as you get better at that, because this is, these are all, these are all skills that people, a lot of people don't have, right? How do you write content? What do you even talk about? What image do you post with it? Like, right? Like we're all, we're all just learning and you and I are still learning these things, Mm -hmm. right? I think that we always will be. So that's what I tell people is like, you know, don't go from zero to 60, go from zero to 15 and get really comfortable at 15 and then go to 20 and then go to 25, you know? But I think what happens so often is people try to go all in and then they get burnt out, exhausted, confused, and then they're hearing crickets because it takes three months for you to see the results and people walk away. So that's my biggest thing is like, start out with what's actually doable and accessible to you and then build upon that foundation. 
I love it. And especially if you're new into the space, like you're going to see tons of people who've been around for a while, who've yes. got, I mean, you can't come in thinking that they're, you should go where they are. It's like a marathon. You can't start the marathon at the end, you know? Yes. You got to go through the steps. You got to get the banana, then the water, then, you know, whatever. There you go, banana. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love how you said that. I love how you said that. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so pick one platform. And then I loved how you said training your audience where you show up. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Because mm-hmm. like these days I'm all about the Instagram and I could care less about Facebook. Yeah. Well, yeah. and that's the thing too is, is, and I think that this is another piece is so many of us come from a corporate space mm-hmm. where we are following somebody else's rules. Somebody else is making the rules and we are stepping in line and following it. And it's also hard to train ourselves now that we make the rules. And so if Katie says, I like Instagram and I'm going to show up on Instagram, but some other social media expert says you have to be on Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook and whatever the next platform is, right? Like you get to go, no, that's actually not, not cool for me. And that's okay. And I think that's such a big, um, leap too, that we all have to take is realizing that we are in charge of the, of the rules that we make in our businesses, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So once we picked our platforms, what's next? Mm, So the consistency is huge. So, um, figure out who your ideal audience is, right? Like who's your, who's your market. And Mm -hmm. then, um, and then figure out what's authentic to you to talk about. So I'm really big and I help a lot of my clients to, um, weave in authenticity into their marketing. So like, let's say you're a virtual assistant. Yeah. You want to be talking about organization and, um, you know, let's say you, you, um, do like click funnels, right? You want to be talking about, um, specificity as it, as it relates to click funnels. And so that you're attracting your ideal audience. But the reason that somebody's going to hire you over Sally is mm-hmm. because you, it's because you are a human and what we want, yes, we want someone to come into our business and solve our problems, but we also want a human being that we have connection with, right? And so what I do is help, um, I do a lot of helping, helping my clients to weave authenticity and their own selves into their brands. And so where, you know, I'll usually pick four or five, I call them content buckets. You and I have talked about this a bunch. And it's like, these are the things that we are always talking about, right? So we're training our audience to know that they're coming to us on social media for these five things. And it's the same thing with your personal pieces, right? So like, I'm usually talking about Hey, wanted to interrupt real quick and let you know that the Ambitious Motherhood Tribe is a free place for you to come and hang out with us in between shows and get to know other like-minded mamas just like you pursuing their callings both in their home and outside of their home. Head on over to ambitiousmotherhood.com forward slash tribe to join the group now. Drinking champagne, (laughs) Um, exercise, you know, in my personal life, exercise, motherhood, right? Like there's a few personal buckets in there and I weave them into my posts, right? Mm -hmm. So is it each post has a little bit of each element or is it like this post is personal, this post is business? It's usually each post has a little bit of each element, although there's some, you know, this post is all personal, right? Like sometimes on Fridays on Instagram, I'll do like a founder Friday and it's like, I think I did one a couple weeks ago that was like five things I'm loving about fall, FSU football, right? And you would say Gator football, (laughs) you know? So there is some personal pieces in there, but like for the most part, we're showing up online so that we can talk about business. And so we need to weave our personal story into our business content. 
Yeah. I mean, these connection points are huge. Um, when you start to get into this online space and start to show your face and share your content, you'll start to realize that it's actually not as big as you thought it was. Do you agree with that? A hundred percent. A hundred, hundred, hundred percent. And the more you can like throw out elements of who you are, there, there's more opportunity for people to kind of grab onto it and say, hey, me too. Or mm. yeah, I'm a Gator fan or ooh, FSU. I don't know. Mm. Hey. I'll follow you. <laughs> Just or kidding. there's opportunity for us to like each other. I know we do. We really do. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, 100%. And I think that's the thing is, <clears throat> listen, I say this all the time, but if I hear, if I see one more VA post on their Instagram, five reasons to hire a VA, I'm going to lose it, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I think I think a great, um, you know, content plan is all about showing people why to hire you, not telling people why to hire you, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that's where this value piece comes in, right? So, so many people think that what they're supposed to post is hire me because this, hire me because I will save you time. But really the best thing that you can do is give them a quick win, right? Like here's how you optimize your Instagram, uh, bio or right. Like whatever it is, you want to give them something that they can do themselves. And then one of two things is going to happen. They're either going to get that quick win and they're going to go, Oh my gosh, that was amazing. Kate just helped me to, you know, optimize my Instagram profile or they're going to go, that's amazing. And I don't have time to do it. So I better, I better hire this girl. Right. Mm -hmm. Either one is a win, you know? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So one thing I love when I first started talking with you and met you, Mm -hmm. you were like, Hey, I've got to go finish my content calendar or content for the week. Mm -hmm. And I love that you had this plan that you did every week. So walk us through what that looks like for you. Oh my gosh, I will. But what I have to say first, because I'm trying to do a lot of keeping it real lately, is that I am dragging my tush on all of my content this week badly. So I usually try to have my content done a week in advance and then I can turn it over to my team and and then I don't worry about any of the posting that goes out the following week. But I am dragging my tush this week. You need to tell them why. Tell them about the epicness that happened this past weekend. I will. So I run a second business with my best friend, which is called um, The Happy Thoughts Show. And we have a Facebook Live show that goes... um, that airs live every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we talk about what we felt like was, yes, there were lots of places and spaces to be talking about business, 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 but there were not as many spaces and places to talk about like the happy and not so happy thoughts of life, right? So, so many people were sharing like, online business is great and everything is amazing. And we were like, okay, so truth, but like also it's really hard. And also sometimes it's ugly and also, you know, it can feel really lonely. So anyway, we have that and we ran our very first retreat through that um, business this weekend. So I'm a little tired and also behind, but that's okay. But it was magical and there were unicorns. It was magical and there there were were unicorns. And there was a lot of unicorns. (laughs) Okay. So what does that look like? So I, I'm really big into, so I create those content buckets like we were talking about. And so, you know, mine are, I could look them up, but mine are like mindset, um, tips and tricks, for done for you service providers. Cause that's who I, um, that's who I serve and a couple of other ones. So I go through every week and I pick one of those buckets and then I create a subtopic based on that bucket. Right. So one of them could be three ways to weave authenticity into your content planning. Right. And then I create a long form block of content, which is essentially a blog post. Mm-hmm. And then from that blog post, I chop that up into smaller bite-sized pieces of posts. So what I do is I, I, I have a system where I write about a thousand words ish. And then that becomes my email newsletter, my blog post. And then I chop that up into about 10 to 13 separate social media posts. Brilliant. So it takes about the whole, the whole process, create blog posts, create newsletter, create graphics, pick images. I'd say it takes about three to four hours a week, but I get it done. And then the next week I don't even have to worry about it. 
you're just doing the next week. Exactly. <laughs> In a rent, like laundry. Uh-huh, 100%. <laughs> Content is basically laundry. <laughs> yes. So then you've got, I think you've got a VA that does a lot of the scheduling for you. Just cool. Um, but I mean, I think if you were to do the scheduling by yourself, I would probably chuck on an extra hour. For yeah. That. So right. then we're talking four to five hours, which is mm-hmm. still really great. And it, it, you, you're not signing online every day going, what the heck am I supposed to be talking about? And you're making sure that the things that you're talking about are always on brand for you, which is mm-hmm. the biggest part, right? Because then your audience knows what they're going to get from you. I love that. I love that. And you organize all of that in Asana, right? And, and Google Drive. Yes. Um, yes. Asana sometimes you're going to be driving. I, you and I are Asana yeah. junkies. And we love it so much. Um, yeah, and sometimes you're going to not have any idea what to talk about. Well, what and that's just okay. About it's so much less about getting it right and making it perfect and so much more about just doing it. Because the more you do it, the better that you're actually going to get. So when I first started writing content for this, you know, new pivot of my business, I was like, what am I doing? Are people connecting with this? Does this even make sense? Right. And over time, over the last six, 12 months, I've gotten a lot better at it. And so again, I think to your point that you made earlier about looking at, you know, someone's marketing and how they're everywhere all the time. And then we think that we have to be everywhere all the time. It's the same thing for when you're just starting out, you feel like you need to be writing perfectly and everybody needs to be connecting with you. And the truth is you just kind of have to show up and do it for a while to get better at it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think for those who are listening, struggling with like the authenticity piece and like really bringing themselves Mm -hmm. into it, what kind of tips would you give to them? Okay. So my, my number one tip. So I, I, I think it depends on where you come from, right? So like for me, I've struggled with anxiety and depression and that's something that's very easy for me to weave into my authenticity because it's not a current, um, wound, right? Like it's mm-hmm. not, um, it's not raw. It's not fresh. It's my truth. Um, but I've done a lot of work around it and it's something that sure, I think I'll probably always struggle with because ain't that life. Um, but it's not fresh right now. It's really a scar, not a wound. And so that's what I would Mm -hmm. say is like share scars, not wounds. Um, because you know, the whole point is to be of service to other people. And we really can't be of service if we're still processing, if that makes sense. Um, so I think that's part of it. And then the other part of it is to like, really just let your freak flag fly. (laughs) Which is a really hard phrase to say. Um, (laughs) um, You know, so like if, like this sounds so funny and I did some content on this a couple of weeks ago, but like if you're really into Star Wars and that's your thing, like talk about Star Wars in your content, right? If you're really into Labradoodles and that's your thing, talk about that. Mm -hmm. I think that we're so afraid to to really be who we are because we're afraid that it's going to deflect someone else. And the truth is, it will deflect someone else, but more than that, it's going to attract the right people to you. Yeah. Um, so really just like be who you are because that's what's so beautiful about all of us, right? The diversity in this online space is beautiful. And yeah. pe- right, like there are definitely people who don't like me because I drink champagne and talk about it all the darn time. I'm sure they're like, that girl's lush. I'm a little concerned <laughs> about her. And that's okay, right? But the people who really like me are like, I like champagne too. This is the best. Anybody who follows me on Instagram knows I'm a new girl and a friends fan, right? Mm. And so this is something that like, I kind of call them knowables. If somebody can, can think of new girl or they're turning on friends on Netflix and they think of you because of the dialogue you've created around this thing, that's powerful marketing, you know? Yes. Yes. I'm ready to talk about the cauliflower rice at Trader Joe's. And then you go to Trader Joe's and you see this cauliflower rice. You're going to be thinking about me. I love that so much. Exactly. 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 And then you become, so like I have a really good example of this. Um, so I went and saw Glennon Doyle speak in January 
Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. And if you ever have the opportunity to go see her speak, she is, she is just earth shattering. Um, but on, it was about an hour South of where I live. So on the way down there, I popped on a podcast and listened to it to like, get, you know, get hyped up for it. And so I listened to the podcast. It was about an hour long and I get there and I, I watch her speak. And I would say about 70, 75% of what she said in her speech, she also said on the podcast. Mm. And at first I was like, that's weird. And then I was like, no, that's genius. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because because she's doing the thing that we're all telling you to do, which is essentially say who you are, mm-hmm. <laughs> say it again and say it again and say it again and say it again. Right. So like now everybody knows Glennon Doyle is the woman who talks about authenticity. Glennon Doyle is the woman who shares about her struggles with uh, eating disorders and substance abuse and right. Like all of these things mm-hmm. and you know what you're going to get. Right. So, so it's okay to say the same things over and over again is, is essentially my point. It's okay to talk about new girl all the time. It's okay to talk about friends. We're so scared that people are going to call us out for our duplication, but they don't even, they don't probably didn't even hear you. Exactly. Oh my gosh, totally. (laughs) But you know, when, when people share their stories over and over again, like maybe it's anxiety and it's like constant, they're sharing their story and the, and the victory. But I think what's cool about that is now is like their fan. Let's just say I'm a fan, right? Mm -hmm. I can start to begin to advocate for them. I start to tell my friend that I meet in real life who tells me about her anxiety. And I'm like, Hey, you should check out this girl. She has a story. You would really resonate with it. And we create like this army of like word of mouth people. Yes, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. This is cool. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head with just the whole consistency factor. We just so often just quit um doing what we're doing. And I it's so important. I love it and I love what you shared. So let's dive into the last four questions that we ask every mama on the show. Okay. Don't worry, you don't have to have this prepared. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> What's one mom and business owner hack to help others manage motherhood and business well? Okay, my business hack is um, hiring help. Mm-hmm. Always. I was about, I think I was three months into my business when I hired my first team member. And I remember being on that edge of, I'm afraid and I know that this is what I need to push me over the edge because I'm maxed out at time. At that point in my business, I had zero childcare. So I only worked when my child was sleeping, napping during the day or sleeping at night. And I remember being so afraid, but, but my first VA was really what I needed to push me over the edge to be able to bring in more income uh, and all of that. So yeah, I mean, my business hack is go hire help. Do you think and, there's, do you think there's ever a time to not hire? I mean, if you can't pay them, definitely don't hire well, them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, so I'll just kind of, I kind of, it's kind of a loaded question, but yeah. I just feel like if we go into hiring thinking it's going to solve our problems and we haven't put any of the thought and the forethought and the strategy into it, you know, that we're going to not see the results we want. And then the employee, the VA is going to be frustrated too. Yeah. I think what happens, and I saw this a lot when I was doing VA and OBM work is that people expect you to be the magic pill in their business. And right. Just like a coach will never be the magic pill in your business. You will always be your own magic pill. It's the same thing with support staff. So like, yeah. if you think that they're going to solve all the problems that you don't want to solve yourself, yourself, like ain't going to happen. But if you know how to use them in the way that they are, you know, that they're able to perform best, then, then you just won. You won the whole thing. That's good. That's good. My mom hack is, I don't know, live close to family. (laughs) (laughs) We moved when my son was six months old because we, uh, we lived in Georgia and we've moved close to family and it's been life changing. So live near your family. Oh yes. Um, (laughs) so next question, if you could do it all over again, what would you tell yourself or start with? Oh gosh. Belief. Yeah, for sure. I have so much belief in myself now. Um, 
you know, I know that, that I, and I have so much evidence of belief, right? So, so I started my first business, then I, you know, pivoted to doing OBM stuff. Then I started happy thoughts. Now I've pivoted this business into doing more mentoring and, and one-to-one. And I know so much more now. So I know that no matter what I do, as long as I'm coming from a good place and I'm always coming from a place of service and to help people, then it will always work out. But in the beginning I was like, I don't know, is this going to work? Am I good enough? Do I have to be perfect? All of those things, belief for sure. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Well, I don't, we'll see if we know the answer to this one, but what's your favorite app system or software that you'd recommend? App system or software? I'm such a minimalist in all things in life. Like it takes a lot for me to download an app. Let's look here. I mean, I just, I just started using Captivate, mm. which is an Instagram uh, growth tool. I mean, I, I ain't shy. <laughs> it's an Instagram growth tool. Uh, and then you and I chat on Marco Polo all the time, mm-hmm. and I really love that one. How about you? Yeah. Um, so there's a new project management tool that I've been testing with. I'm going to have to message you on the back end. So Ooh. I will share more about that once okay. Okay. I know if I'm fully switching. But okay. Okay. I might say goodbye to Asana. Okay. I'm ready to hear more. <laughs> so what is the best book you've read, and then what are you looking uh. forward to reading soon? Okay, I have two best books that I've ever read. One is Love Warrior by Glennon Doyle. Mm-hmm. Have you read that one? No. Do you know Glennon? I don't think I do. Oh my gosh. Okay. Writing uh, this down. Glennon, Glennon is like of the Brene Browns and the Elizabeth Gilberts. So if you like those ladies, you'll love a yeah. Glennon. Um, and it's essentially the story of her marriage coming crashing down on her. She had three young kids and, and, um, her marriage just essentially ended and it was like the, the, the crashing and then like the reckoning that happens afterwards. And she shares it in such a beautiful, transparent, honest way. Mm. Uh, so I love me some Glennon. Um, and then uh, my second one is a book by a Buddhist monk named Pima Chodron and it's called When Things Fall Apart. Mm-hmm. And someone gave me this book when I was in college, I think, and I never read it. I kept it for years, right? It traveled with me for years through college. But I was always like, what a rude book for somebody to give to somebody else. Like, nothing in my life is falling apart. You're so rude. Um, but I actually recommend this book to everyone now because it's so much less about like, hey, the big thing ha- fell apart. Your marriage ended. You know, somebody passed away, whatever. And it's so much more about um, the way that we view failure in our society. Mm-hmm. And how in Western society and Western culture, we're so um, programmed to try to push the easy button and make things go away as quickly as possible, right? Because all we want is success, success, success. And this book is all about a shift in view of, you know, instead of viewing things as, oh my gosh, the world is crashing. Things are falling apart. This is the worst thing in the world. She really views it as like, hey, what an opportunity for growth. And if we were only able to shift and see, you know, someone cutting you off at the grocery store or, you know, what, you know, whatever have you, be it small or large, if we were able to shift and just realize that it's all an opportunity for growth and evolution, yeah, it's a lot better. So, yeah, I was listening to a song this morning. Um, and one of the lyrics was I've been buried to grow. If you think about Mm. it, it's got to be buried before it can grow. Like content and a visibility plan. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So I love that. So is that one you're reading soon or one you'd also recommend? What's next on your book list? What is next? I'm reading two parenting books right now. One is called The Blessing of a Skin Knee. And the other one is um, No Bad Kids, Toddler Discipline Without Shame. I love it. I get so much personal development 
all the time that sometimes I'm like, I don't want any more of yeah. it. Do you ever feel like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I need, you just reminded me, I need to go back to the parenting book that's in my bookshelf right now. Ah! <laughs> I started like half of it. Yeah. You, you just go in seasons, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. There's mm-hmm. been some good ones. Um, Grace, what is it called? Grace Parenting or something. Mm. I read that when I was in the hospital with Juliana on the rest. <laughs> Yes. Jello any time of the day that you want. Juice any time of the day. It's good. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us. But before we leave, I want you to share with everybody where they can connect with you and all the exciting things you have going on. Yeah. So you can find me. um, My website is www.sarahwiles.co. No M, because I'm cool like that. Um, you can find me on Instagram. It's at Sarah underscore Wiles. And Sarah is S-A-R-A, no H, because I'm also cool like that. Yeah. Um, H's are ew, as Jimmy Fallon says. H's are ew. Yeah. Um, and then you can find the Happy Thoughts Show on Facebook and Instagram as well. Just Happy Thoughts Show. So those are all the places. I love it. And Sarah is linking up in the show notes today. Tell us about the vault that you're sharing with everybody. Yeah, so I have been experimenting with a new platform, which is called Member Vault, which I'm obsessed with. Um, and so I've, it's, it's a place where you can put all of your freebies into one place so people have access to everything. So instead of having to sign up five times for everything, they can just get it all in one place. So I have my free resource center, which I'm linking for you guys. And currently there are two awesome freebies in there. One is um, how to create your own business blueprint for starting a virtual online uh, done for you service-based business, which is essentially virtual assistants, online business managers, and social media managers. Uh, and then the other one is how to set or reset your virtual business offering. So if you are one of those people and you're trying to think through, what do I offer? What do I not want to offer? This is Those are two really great tools for you to do that. I am so excited to let you know that the free class, How to Make Your First 1K Online Without Sacrificing Your Family Life is now available. You can head on over to 1kmom.com forward slash free to get your free seat to watch that class at any time. This class is going to dive into the 1K method and how you can use this method to start your online business and become profitable and make your first 1K as soon as possible. 